You hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Fred. And Ray, raised in Kansas City. Tim and Fred are in Tupelo, and Steve Jordahl now joins us uh, in studio. Good morning. Good morning, brother Steve. How y'all doing? You got your purple, you got your purple shirt on. It's a royal day. Purple tie on. Yep. Yeah, you a Barney fan, are you, Steve? I feel like a big grape is what I feel like. <laughs> that was a good, good comeback. <laughs> yeah. You deflected from the Barney. F- <laughs> Not the first time I've heard. The Barney comment. Well, yeah, I this probably made shirt. it seven times. I can't even remember. I, maybe you have. I didn't thought about yeah. that. But yeah. Uh, hey, just before we move on real quickly, uh, Ray, when you delve into this, your subject, this topic of politics and Christians and conservatives and who to vote for, who to vote against, and all this, uh, parties and so forth, uh, I mentioned that I used to be a purist, and I just don't think – I changed on that, and I, I view it like this. Somebody used to say to me, "Well, uh, you know, uh, you know, what about? Let's take President Trump for example, Ray. Let's use him as the model." Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the vast majority of Christians who voted voted for President Trump over Hillary Clinton. Right. They may not have voted for Trump in the primary. I didn't. I voted for Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. But then it got time to pick between two people who are going to be the president of the United States, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Well, had I voted for Hillary Clinton or, or I just not voted and my vote kept, I'm just using, uh, my vote, uh, sitting at home allowed Hillary Clinton to beat Donald Trump. Right. Then I got to deal with Hillary Clinton who is going to come after me and my fellow Christians with everything she's got and and put judge after judge after judge all across the country who are flaming liberals. I mean, it was going to be a complete and utter disaster. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got that going on versus so, so Wildman, you're going to vote for a man who's had three wives and is, uh, and, uh, you know, is, uh, just a flamboyant New York playboy? That's who you're going to vote for? And you call yourself a Christian? What kind of Christian are you? You're sacrificing your principles. So, Ray, uh, take that one right there. Tell me why I'm not <laughs> – tell me tell me what's wrong with that. Uh, I mean, d- dissect that if you would. Well, one or two things need to be said. Number one, the essence of the Christian worldview is that we live in a fallen world. We live in an imperfect world. This side of the millennial kingdom of Christ, we're gonna we're gonna deal with imperfect candidates. There are well, look, there are perfect people, but you have to go to heaven to meet them. <laughs> Here on this earth, there are no perfect people. 
myself very definitely included. There are no perfect candidates. Uh, every choice, I mean, people say you shouldn't choose the lesser of two evils. Well, then you're never going to make a decision at all, because, and you're never going to vote, because there are no perfect candidates out there. If you voted for Mr. Trump, as I did too, uh, both times, did that mean we were putting a rubber stamp on every part of his past life? The answer is no. But if the choice in 2016 was between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, most evangelical Christians said, no, we're going with Donald Trump. And the same thing happened again in 2020, if that was the choice. Joe Biden, as we've seen, a very flawed human being, very flawed. Donald Trump, a flawed human being, but you then have to decide based on the principles of your Christian faith, uh, with the wisdom God gives you, cast your vote and then entrust the results to the Lord and go on and live your Christian life. Okay. One of the way I've described it is this, when you're, it's fine to, to be black and white when you're talking about your obviously your own personal life, your convictions, even your church, mm-hmm. you have a right as an elder or a deacon or somebody who votes on a pastor. You 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 have a right to expect theological purity uh, 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 in 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 consistency with what your beliefs are. Okay, you have a right to expect mm-hmm. that, and you have a right to expect uh, moral behavior from your leaders. Now, once you move from, let's say, the church setting to politics, okay, now you're talking the general public. So where you and I, Fred, may go to church together and we vote on elders or deacons or we vote on church leadership or pastors, there needs to be unity and we have we have a list of uh, of criteria that must be met, right? Biblical criteria. Biblical criteria right. that, all, that must be met that we all, we all agree with. That's certainly, uh, you don't compromise on those things. But when you move from there to uh, the mayor of my town or the uh, state legislature or county commissioner or president of the United States, Ray, I don't feel... Like the Bible is telling me, I've got to use the same criteria. Well, I, I shouldn't say feel. Tell me, does the Bible use the same criteria for county commissioner as it does for elder? Look, we are dealing with imperfect fallen people. We're told to walk in wisdom. Okay, Wisdom means navigating difficult situations with imperfect choices and asking God to lead us. If we wait for infallible presidents and infallible judges, we're going to wait. We're going to wait until Jesus comes back again. So you have to make the tough choices. No, I think this is what wisdom is. Wisdom is looking at what the Bible says. And and let's be honest. um, For a lot of us, and I certainly include myself here, and I go back to 2016, um, Mr. Trump said he was going to appoint pro-life judges. I got to say, guys, I was skeptical in 2016 because we didn't have any track record of what Mr. Trump was going to do or not do in that regard. But I knew there was no way in the world Hillary Clinton would ever put a pro-life judge in. So I voted for Mr. Trump 
with some trepidation and uncertainty. And boy, did he deliver for us. He really came through. So it was much easier for me to cast my vote for him again in 2020 because that's that's a paramount issue for me as an evangelical Christian. Uh, Am I happy with everything Trump has said or done? No, I'm not. I mean, I think that's true for all of us. But he did say he was going to give us pro-life judges, and he did. I appreciate that. Yeah. Steve, what are your thoughts on, on this? I tell you, um, I was listening, and setting aside the personal issues that that, uh, that Sandy brought up, which, like you, I— You're talking about the speaker speaker's race? Yes. Okay. Speaking of speak—I'm back to you, McCarthy. Okay. Setting aside the personal things that, that Sandy said that we can't verify, I, I do have a question for you, you guys. Um, one thing that Sandy did say about him, which I think falls squarely into um, the realm of what's probably important when you are voting for a politician, is how well that politician keeps his political word. Right. And one of the things that Sandy said was, you cannot trust McCarthy to do that. He will say one thing and do another politically. We have had – McCarthy has been in, in the head of the House for uh, – Quite a while he's been up in the leadership there, and the Republicans have failed a lot of tests, elections, the, the 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 legislation that they backed or didn't back. So, is that other stuff notwithstanding, is Kevin McCarthy going to be two or four more years or six more years of failed Republican leadership? Is my question. Well, listen, you don't think the people who know the things you're talking about better than anybody else are the people who are voting today? Yeah. Yes. So if the people who are members of the House of Representatives in the Republican Party, they're going to vote today. And if they vote for Kevin McCarthy, you don't think – I'm not, I'm asking you a rhetorical question here, Steve. They know what you've just said, and they know what they know if, if it's true what Sandy said earlier, that he's not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, think it is rhetorical. Uh, go ahead. I'd like I mean, if I if I might. Um, we've we've said that the swamp is real. That there, I've heard the 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 term used. There's a uniparty now. That uh, the Republicans are just as irresponsible when it comes to spending. I've just heard in general, and that there are a few people that are willing to fight. And I don't know. Again, a I few. Follow, see well, a few people. Listen. Yeah. I don't. I sound like. I sound like a rhino. I'm just saying, no, I, uh, I appreciate the principle of what you described as a few people, but a few people aren't going to make a majority to be able to uh, make policy decisions or to fight the bad guys. A few people can stop, certainly a few people can stop a bill from being passed, for example. If if one if the way the Senate rules, and I know this is a different ballgame, but the way the Senate rules are written, one senator can stop a bill from being passed. So just because they're few in number doesn't mean that they don't wield some form of influence. Oh, we're talking about the House now. We're talking about the House now, and it's different rules. But even, like, yeah. I'm watching Fox I- News. They're getting ready to vote here in the next hour or two, and <clears throat> they're saying that there's going to be a battle on the floor. So they at least, that whatever, however big this group is, is going to at least make some kind of an issue of it whether they're successful or not i don't know go ahead ray well two things here steve number one it's interesting to me that donald trump has endorsed kevin mccarthy and 
Mr. Trump has himself said the kind of thing you said, that we have a uniparty in D.C. We have the rhinos and the Democrats and so on, yet he's in favor of McCarthy. And the other thing is, when it comes down to it, who would be the alternative to Kevin McCarthy? We already heard Jim Jordan. And if it's not Jim Jordan, who else on the Republican side is even willing to stand there's a possibility of being elected. So that's what makes me think McCarthy is going to be elected at the end of the day. I don't think there's a viable alternative on the table. Yeah, and I will say this. For as long as we have been alive and will be alive, there's going to be battles, uh, warring factions within political parties. And so, you know, you're going to have your your insight in, in now the Democrat Party, they've almost purged themselves. Uh, they have, they've almost purged themselves of any moderates or conservatives. There, there are no conservatives. There are a handful of moderates. Uh, but there's going to be war in factions. You got your AOC, you know, mm-hmm. your and your that group who are pushing uh, Nancy. She, she's the heir to, to Nancy Pelosi. Of course, Nancy Pelosi's retiring. Then in the Republican side, you got the, uh, you know, the the uh, Freedom Caucus guys, who can be an irritant to the leadership in the House, uh, who are, you know, typically more establishment type people. But there's a reason why why people get to be in the establishment, quote quote unquote, is because the establishment is real, and they represent a lot of people and a lot of money. Or they wouldn't be the establishment. You see what I'm saying? So there's always going to be rebels and people challenging the status quo inside both parties. There always has been and there always will be because that's just the nature of human beings. And we we all have different ideas and different ways of doing things. And that's not going to that's going to change. It, it takes a very successful and powerful person to be able to corral all that and push an agenda forward. Without, you know, without ha- having your uh, your caucus, if you will, whatever it is, fall apart. I, I think the immediate solution is to uh, vote for Kevin McCarthy, give him a chance. Mm-hmm. He's either going to prove his opposers true or false. He has already made a concession. <clears throat> He's already made a concession uh, to, to, to the his, Freedom Caucus. To the Freedom Caucus. He says if five of them, after, after he becomes speaker, down the road, if five of them still think he's not doing a good job, he'll allow them to vote. And th- with the possibility of basically firing him as, as speaker. Uh, that was so, a concession he made to them yes. in order for them to vote for him. Yes, that's the concession he's made. So they're compromisers. So I, I, personally, I want to see, I want to see if uh, with time, Kevin McCarthy, does he prove to be the person uh, that these opposers say he is? Or is he going to be a star and he's going to uphold a very conservative agenda that he's going to appoint these committees to investigate Hunter Biden and all of those things? I say give him a chance. Yeah. For what it's worth, the leadership of the Republican Party in the House as it stands now before the new Congress Kevin McCarthy is the Republican minority leader. Steve Scalise is number two. He's the minority whip. Elis Stefanik is a Republican conference chairman. Um, Mike Johnson of 
see, this is where <laughs> and Gary Palmer are the next two in line. I don't even know these two, but with Stefanik, with Scalise, and with McCarthy, I have at, at times heard of them being described as very conservative and solid. Oh yeah, I, I mean, so, we talked about we talked about uh, Representative Jordan. We talked about uh, Dan Crenshaw yeah. fully endorses <laughs> McCarthy. So. Get yeah, a chance. I'm just saying you're not going to get, as Ray, to Ray's point earlier, you're just not going to. When you're talking about uh, your church yep. situation, uh, you can expect higher standards. When you're talking about American politics, where you're dealing with the general public voting, they're not going to always consider the same standards that you consider that we consider when t- looking at people in leadership positions is the, what I'm saying. It's also a different job, and, and I don't want to uh, – yes. What's a different job? Uh, elder or pastor or church mm-hmm. person and politician. So you you, you don't want uh, – you do have scriptural qualifications for, for church membership. However, there might be somebody who qualifies for every particular scriptural mandate and could qualify as an elder or pastor, but maybe they're not good at – Organization, or maybe they uh, are. Yeah. What are your What are your skill What are your skills and qualities? Yeah. So a politician yeah, has I to be able that. to to give and take and compromise, and it's just a different job description. So you, I don't. Mm. I just throw mm. that out there. Yes, but there are some of our brothers and sisters who they're gonna they're gonna say that uh, people they vote for must have the same um, character. As our same meet the same qualifications as the Bible puts for church leaders. Is well, what I'm think saying. In that case, I know maybe one. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. We all hope, and mm-hmm. and you work, and you you hope that men and women who want to seek public service do have good mm-hmm. character and are honest and and have the qualifications. Uh, you know, have. have that the Bible says for for leaders, but that's not always when you're dealing with the general public. That's not always possible. That's right. And sometimes you do have to, as Ray said, you have to look at the person who's going to do the least damage, <laughs> or the person who may not agree with you, but they'll at least listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of give and take. Yes, compromise in the world of politics, both local and national, and that's just the way it is. And if if you have a problem with that, then uh, you know. I don't know, go join the Amish or something, I guess, huh? Because they, they don't even vote at all, do they? Right? Uh, no, I think the Amish vote. Oh, well, who is it that doesn't vote? I thought they were separatist. Well, that, they do have a different, very, they're very right, the, the, Amish, the Amish vote for public officials? I think so, yeah. Check me out on that. I think, the, well, because I, I have. Well, is it the Mennonites that don't vote? There's some, Mennonite, there's one of Mennonite those groups votes. that don't vote. You know what I'm talking about, Fred? Fred, help us out. Come on, Fred. You know you know your I, you're, I, I, the I pacifist. Wonder, I I think there are groups. Here we go again. There are groups within the Amish community that would say no. They would say no. Right. Say and, no what and, to voting at all? No to right. voting at all. And then there are others who say no. Uh, I have a voice. So they got compromisers. They have within the Amish community differences of opinions. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just poking the bear. Uh, and just as a side note, there, Tim, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't. Just to be realistic, I have never been a part of 
any church anywhere where everybody agreed on everything. Right. No. There are different opinions in every church in the world. Okay. Every church. Why? Why? Because there's human beings involved? Go back and read the New Testament. Meat, no meat, drink wine, don't drink wine, observe this. I mean, that's all throughout. Meat offered to idols, don't eat meat offered to idols. There was a lot of that stuff. They they had trouble getting along with each other. And in fact, in the book of Ephesians, I'm thinking about this because i got to go teach it in a couple of weeks in Hungary. But Paul says in uh, Ephesians 4, be kind, compassionate, walk worthy. And he says, you got to learn to, quote, put up with each other. Yeah. Sometimes in the body of Christ, you just got to learn to put up with people who are quite different than you are. That's that's part of what it. It's it's not all it's not all uh, beauty beautiful roses inside the church either. We have no, I, and I, I mean we live in a fallen world. Yep. And you may take a stand. You may take a stand about drinking alcohol, but you go to a restaurant that serves alcohol. I, I, I mean, and, and people would. <laughs> You know, at one point, I'm sure people would condemn you for doing that, not being consistent. But we live in a fallen world. I mean, we don't we don't have a choice. To answer your question, uh, Fred, what was my question Steve? Uh, about the Amish voting? <laughs> this is from the website AmishAmerica.com. Do the Amish vote? Only a small number of Amish cast ballots in presidential elections, likely less than ten percent. They okay. may be more likely to get involved when voting issues. Uh, direct them effectively, uh, directly affect them, like zoning issues. Um, for one, this says, the Amish follow a two-kingdom theology, which holds that there exists both a material and a spiritual kingdom. While respecting worldly governments, Amish feel that Christians should adhere to the laws of the spiritual kingdom above all. So that's why most of them don't vote. So they're, they, they don't have a theological problem with voting. No. It's just that they don't vote very much. Right. Yeah. Uh, very often. Right. Uh, tongue at least in presidential elections, but like you said, they vote for probably things. school. Well, they do their own schools. Okay, well, yeah. I was mis- some reason I was under the impression and you might be right, Fred. Maybe it's uh, different sects within yes uh, the Amish that don't believe in voting at all. Mm-hmm. No, that's fine, but uh, yeah, you know, um, I'm surprised there's a website. <laughs> Amish America. Right? I was going to use it. That's a good point. There's a website for everything, Fred. Uh, type, in, type in the Mennonites and see. It's powered by literal horsepower, okay? I know, some, I know several. I know a lot of Mennonites. I've known, but I haven't asked them about boating. I don't know. Uh, but it's the same type thing. They yeah. vote if they want to. But uh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, according, again, to this is Wikipedia. In Christianity, some groups like Jehovah's Witnesses, the Christadelphians. The who? Christadelphians. I, do you know what that is, Ray? They live yeah, down, down, they live down yeah. the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> huh? um, anyway, those people uh, generally reject politics on the grounds of right, the same thing that the, um, that the Amish do. Um, it's a but I don't business. see any. I'm looking, and, and again, this is Google, so who knows. But um, I don't... Um, the closest I think we come is to Jehovah's Witnesses, who don't uh, vote. I don't know if it's the lot. They vote if there's up to 144,000. That's true. <laughs> After that, they don't vote After anymore. After that, they won't be voting anymore. <laughs> Only 144,000 are allowed to vote. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh my well, God. that was bad. I'm, yep. I'm sorry about that. 
We got Jehovah Witness listeners. We, we do. Keep we listening, folks. We, we keep listening. I'm we just saying until you put some windows in your church. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> in case a fire breaks out, goodness sakes, huh? <laughs> Talking about the kingdom halls. All right, listen, it's a good thing this show's open right here. <laughs> That's right. Because, We're coming to. Yes, because Brother Tim is about to get everybody in trouble right we here. We might be back tomorrow. We and, may be back. We may. I absolutely mean no offense to anybody. I love everybody. Hope your team wins. Hope your family's great and have a wonderful 2023. And good luck to Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> well, I just hope she has a nice retirement. That's right. But I'm glad to see her go. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, all right, everybody, have a great day. It's, what's today, Tuesday? Tomorrow we'll be here. Wednesday, Lord willing, January 4th, we'll be here tomorrow with today's issues. We'll see you back here then. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Not that long ago, at least culturally speaking, someone, known throughout the world for being quite neighborly, said some things that most likely would get him fired today. Believe it or not, he said those things on public television. Yes, I'm talking about Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood.